This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, and here we are. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, and it has been a really, really good finish for the maize and blue. And we're going to make an annual thing of this, right? We do this live broadcast of the Michigan Recruiting Insider like we did last year as Michigan had a strong finish. Hopefully you are with us as we discuss Michigan's strong finish to the early signing period. And guys, it went about like we thought it was going to go today. As the Wolverines, they experienced some downs, of course, but there were far more ups than downs when it came to the guys that they were able to reel in down the stretch. Joining me as they do every single week on the Michigan Recruiting Insider is the best team in the land when it comes to covering Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. Signing off first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good. Good, Sam. Good good signing day when everything went smoothly. Uh, yeah, no, finally, fruits of Michigan's labor uh, for us for a signing day. Uh, you know, nice to have a little change of pace here with a, a really, really big finish for them. Yeah, and then, of course, Mr. Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. You know, I, I when people are going to look at this class, you're going to see a top 10 class. But don't sleep on the guys, Laura, on that commit list or that signing list now because there's a lot of schools, Sam, that are coming at some of these other guys pretty hard to the very end. So Michigan did a really good job today. All right. So the, you know, first things first, as far as this is concerned, uh, you look at uh, the the lead up, the lead in. It was going to be about flipping some guys here down the stretch, and the Wolverines were able to do just that. Uh, and as we started out the day, you know, it was one of those deals where Michigan was charged with turning some recruitments here uh, in the 23rd hour, but some of them were actually turned before that. And Amarion Walker was one of those. So, I, you know, I talked about how, you know, when the time came, I was going to make it clear about when I knew what I knew and when I knew it when it came to Marion Walker, the former Notre Dame commitment, uh, made public his commitment to Michigan today. He actually, I did that interview with him, the commitment interview with Marion Walker a couple of weeks ago. And I just, I don't think getting to know them over, over the last few months, you know, since the beginning of the season. I've been down to Ponchatoula three times, uh, this being my third. And he, I think, is a young man who takes his relationships very, very seriously. I think he did not want – I don't think he likes telling the people he likes no. I think that was the maybe the thing with, with Notre Dame. I don't think that he was trying to lead them astray or, or turn them away. I think it was just a matter of, in this particular instance, guys, um, he had a tough time telling them no. But eventually he did today. He had to make a decision, and ultimately he settled on Michigan. Much like our first guest here on this special edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Uh, he committed to Michigan uh, today after a surprise visit, and he's going to join us to take us back through the thought process, 
what it was that led him to commit to the Maize and Blue. We're going to start off first with from Portland, Oregon, fresh off a workout, going to join us to talk about his decision to become a Wolverine. First up today is Mr. Darius Clemens. So What's Darius, going on, y'all? Darius, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are doing outstanding. Appreciate you taking the time. So first of all, congratulations on becoming a Wolverine. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go blue. So let's let's just start off first when you when Michigan re-entered the equation. I mean, there was a time where Michigan at the beginning of your recruitment was very prominent. Then it seemed like they fell out and then they got back in. When did they get back in and when did you start considering them seriously again? In all honesty, I was silently committed to Oregon until Coach Cristobal left. When he left, I knew I had to open things back up. And Michigan was one of the first schools that reached out to me after that happened. Wow. So so the silent commit, when did you decide to visit? Uh, because that was the thing. I don't I don't know if, if people really believed you were going to visit until you got on the plane. I don't think Coach Gaddis thought I was going to visit until I got on the plane. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think Coach Cristobal taking the job on a Monday. Coach Gaddis called me either – Tuesday morning or Tuesday night, and he was like, "You have one more visit left, right?" And I was like, yeah, "I do." He's like, "Come on here." I was like, "I'll think about it." I ended up telling him yes, but I had even told my parents I planned on visiting at the time either. Like I just kind of told him yes to just like, like have it have it there for as like a backup plan. I ended up going. I loved it and led me to become Wolverine. Wow, wow. So guys, I mean, this is it's funny how this this works. We talk about how the coaching carousel, how it how it. You know, for some of these schools, it helped them get on some prospects. Michigan didn't wasn't in the coaching carousel there, Steve. And this was one where they were able to to benefit uh, by being a bystander. And, you know, so Oregon, their coach moves on and suddenly a player that they were out for, they jumped back in with because there was a coaching change elsewhere. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, Darius, my thing was, you know, I think you released a top five pretty like a while ago maybe before football season sometime in the top late three summer. top three yes sir um michigan was pretty high on your list early on you eliminated them in that list was that because was that coming off of the two and four season last year maybe a lot of questions about their coat the stability of the staff and just their general situation is that why you kind of maybe put them on the little bit of the back burner there at that point well, maybe want to see more of them on the field or uh i think it was a culmination of things i mean the prominent most being just like the heck, the overwhelmingness of the recruiting process as a whole. I was trying to cut it down to like a few schools that, because I was just getting tired of talking to a lot of schools. And my season was coming up, I wanted to be able to just focus on my team. That was my main focus. But obviously, like Michigan going two and four, that didn't help. But I had just taken visits to Penn State and Auburn, and I obviously I live in Oregon, so those are just like the three best schools for me at the time. And I'm I'm forever grateful for. Coach Gasco Chaba being open to me and letting me take a visit, you know, because if I would have never taken that visit, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now today. Right. So it really felt like as you were going through the day, you know, following you, it felt like it was, you know, making this the decision at the end wasn't easy. So what what were you sort of, ta- you know, tossing and turning about? What were the things that you were considering down the stretch uh, that that ultimately made it tough to make that decision? Uh, well, the two schools that came down to were Michigan and Oregon. And honestly, I committed at noon today, and I didn't know I was going to at 11.55. But the last conversation I had with my family, it was my mom, my stepmom, and my dad. They just told me, like, to me, Oregon felt like home every time I was there. And I wanted to go there because I thought it was just, like, the safe bet. And they all told me, Darius, to be successful in life, you can't always be comfortable. 
and doing things that are hard and uncomfortable in life sometimes lead to the greatest successes. That's something that really hit home with me. And that's after they said that's when I knew like Michigan was the place for me. Wow. Wow. And so the fit, fit had to be a thing. You had to get back. You had to see the, the offense. You had to, uh, you know, talk, talk to Gaddis about how you would fit. I, I imagine maybe you talked to, to JJ McCoy, you talked to the, the quarterbacks. So how do you fit in this offense? How did they say they see you? I mean, was there a player they compared you to, if any? Uh, they didn't really give me a comparison, really, but obviously I'm the biggest receiver now they have on the roster. Probably the fat. I, I, I want to think, I'll, I'll say I'm the fastest. We just <laughs> set up a race, all those guys. But I mean, they got three really good receivers. They're all juniors right now, all coming back, including uh, Ronnie Bell. He's He's been hurt. But they'll be turn, returning four seniors. But the coach guys, what he sold me on, he says, I provide something to the receiver that they don't, that they don't have right now. And that's like a physical, deep, like 50 50 like, threat, you know, physical mm-hmm. receiver. And I think that's going to prove I work hard and compete in uh, fall camp and spring ball. That, that'll lead to me getting some early playing time and contributing to the team's success. So when we, so measurables, what, 6'3? 6'3? This past Sunday at Michigan, I was 6'3 and three quarters, 209. 209 and so now take me through this this 40 time 437 is that where did you run that is that it was that a a, uh was that a combine here it wasn't it was a laser it was a laser it was a laser so man that's that's dk metcalf stuff you know 63 210 437 i mean that's that's who it sounds like to me yes sir so is that a guy that you you look up to or try to emulate at all yeah, definitely. But obviously, he's doing his thing in the league, and people like to give him crap for being stiff or whatever. But I mean, you don't you aren't stiff and get first team all pro for no reason, you know. <laughs> so, Andrell, uh, he obviously got loose in the Michigan State game. I talked to your dad shortly after that. He said you were that you guys were watching. Did did that game? Did him performing well in that game? Did that pique your curiosity about Michigan a little more? Seeing what he did that day, ironically. When we were watching that game, we were driving down to Eugene. That was the day I silently committed to Oregon. So I have to say no. But I was, I was, that's one of my best friends. So I was supporting him, and I was happy for him doing all that good stuff, you know. Right. All right. So, but when you committed, I imagine you – was he – did you call him before you went public, or did he find out with everyone else? Uh, He had called me, like, 8.30 my time this morning, so about three and a half hours before I committed. And obviously, that's one of my best friends. So it wasn't even about him wanting me to come to Michigan. He was just like, hey, bro, where's your head at? We chopped it up a little bit. I just got all my thoughts out on him, out to him. And he's just like, I wish you the best. Like, you look at your head's in a good space. Like, if you need anything from me, like, let me know. And that was all he really had said to me like, regarding Michigan through this whole process. And then I committed. Ironically, I didn't even told the coaches before I got to commit because it was just a time crunch. I didn't get to tell Coach Harbaugh or anything. And Andrell was the very first person after, like, I took the earbuds out and we're done with all that. He's, I already get my phone was ringing on the call from Andrell. He FaceTimed me. He was so happy. All right. So, Darius, what's, what's ne- the recruitment is out of the way. How do things look for you moving forward? What's next for you? Uh, I mean, I got about three more weeks here in Oregon. Going to keep working out with my trainer, uh, Aaron Woods, to try to get better and be the best I can when I get to Ann Arbor. All right, so you're early enrollee coming in, coming in here for the uh, for the winter term. Yes, sir. That's the plan. All right, and so an opportunity to to come in and compete early, and like you said, give Michigan uh, a a piece at receiver that they just don't have a tremendous physical specimen. And here's what I like to say: you know, I was talking to your guy Brandon Huffman. He said, "Now stay with me, Sam. He looks up to DK Metcalf, but I think Darius." 
is a more polished receiver. You know, he, he he's a better ball catcher than DK Metcalf, which is lofty praise, which is lofty praise where he said, hey, you actually do a little something better than, than your idol. Uh, but obviously, you got to come and do it at Michigan first. Congratulations on that. My last question, and I'll see if the other guys have a have any more. But it really felt like your connection with with Josh Gaddis was a big factor in this. That was one of the things that your dad really seemed to say that you guys got a better feel for him on the visit than you had had in the ten or twelve months prior to that. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, definitely. Well, Coach Gaddis is a great, great just human being overall. I mean. But I don't. Even, I didn't. I had never met Coach Guys in person until this past weekend. Actually, I had once, but I wasn't being heavily recruited at the time. And he just, he's, he's a lot different than meets the eye. He's really goofy. He's funny, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, he's, he's a caring football coach. He cares about his players more than football. And like, I think my parents trusted Coach Gaddis to just take care of me and mold me into a young man they want me to be. You know what I mean? Like Coach Guys, type of person I look up to, type of person I'd want to be when I grow up. So I think that's only right that I go play football for him. You know. Guys, you have anything else for Darius? I, I just wondered how much twelve and one maybe played a role. Seeing Michigan beat Ohio State, seeing them win the Big Ten title, knowing you know you've been recruited by everybody, uh, knowing that you know there was some criticism Michigan couldn't quite get over that hump, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten title. Uh, how much did seeing them do that maybe give you belief that okay, I know this program's capable of doing this. Maybe I can help them take the next step i mean it definitely helped it's kind of perfect storm the way things worked out with uh coach cristobal leaving coach gaddis getting back in touch with me then me just like obviously i watched college football so i knew michigan was doing good and just the way things had transpired it was a perfect storm for, storm for me you know obviously them being 12 and 1 is a little bit enticed i like playing football is a lot more fun when you're winning games but i went it wasn't that big of a factor to be honest i think the biggest thing for me is the academics and just just the, com- the camaraderie amongst that coaching staff and Coach Harbaugh and Coach Gaddis and my parents just trusting them to mold me into a young man they want me to be. All right. Well, Darius, appreciate your time, and congratulations on becoming a Wolverine. We'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. All right. Thanks a lot. Darius Clemens, the first guest on our special live edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast, and he said it was a laser. Guys, he said that 437 was a laser, and I had heard that from some of our analysts before. So uh, he, he he's just confirming what they told me already, a big, physical, but fast pass catcher. You put him on the other side of Amarion Walker, who we were talking about uh, to start and we'll get back into. You got two guys that are 6'3", six, 6'4", six, that can really, really run, Steve. I mean, with what Michigan has in the receiver room, I think not only does Clemens add something different to what they have, as does Walker, but these are like super high upside guys. You know, I think for it's important for Michigan not to just add the length and the size there, but to add guys who have really high ceilings because they do have a nice receiver room right now. You know, you got Andrew Anthony has a couple of years left. They, they're returning a bunch of experience next year. You know, Ronnie Bell will be back again. You know, there's a lot of experience, a lot of talent there already. That's where it's a perfect combination for me to add the physical type that you want. But these are also guys whose best football is is well ahead of them still. You know, and I think it's a, you know, Michigan turned their the dynamic of their receiver room in this class is a 180. 
after from waking up this morning to where we are now, all of a sudden receiver looks like one of the strengths of this class for sure. Uh, as far as maybe not today, but down the road, uh, these are all three of the guys that they signed today are, are guys who could really make a big impact down the road at some point. Right. All right. So we started out, Bryce, and we were talking about Amarion Walker. And as you guys know, I made it down here to Louisiana, made it over to Ponchachula. And he uh, he said a couple of weeks ago, look, I- I'm ready to go to Michigan. I think that he had been leaning that way for some time. I think he had been leaning that way since the under the lights game. Uh, but as he got to not just see the team, but I think this is the biggest deal. People want to know what it was that maybe put Michigan over the top with Marion Walker. I know there's some speculation in ND circles that, hey, it was, you know, it was NIL. And, you know, Notre Dame came strong with, with NIL. I don't think that that was the distinguishing characteristic for, you know, for Marion with Michigan. I think it was his connection with the coaching staff. I mean, both both programs have rich tradition, uh, picturesque campuses, iconic stadiums, opportunities to 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 play early. Uh, but I think he was closer to Michigan staff, and I've been making this point for some time, guys. And this is you know, it starts with with Ron Bellamy, who had the connection through uh, through their their head coach, you know, as uh, coach Hank Tierney is a is a legend in Louisiana. He was Ron's head football coach as a high schooler over at Archbishop Marrero Shaw. And now he is Amarion's coach at Ponchachula. And so that was the initial plug. But they formed a really, really tight relationship. And then Steve Klinkscale comes in when Michigan was talking defense and he's recruiting them. And even after they talked defense, he kept recruiting them. Then Josh Gaddis when it became clear that it was going to be receiver all the way, Josh Gaddis was on him super hard. And then Jim Harbaugh. And he said this in the interview, Bryce, and this, this should really, really stick out. He said, no coach put the, no head coach put the effort into me that Jim Harbaugh did. And it was a startling difference in the amount of attention he received from the head coaches. He's talking to Jim Harbaugh every day, Bryce, and he's talking to Brian Kelly, what, once every blue moon? That makes a difference in a recruitment like this. I mean, people, I think people are overthinking. Well, how did, how did it happen? And what Michigan's coaching staff collectively did a better job. I think Dell Alexander, give him credit, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame fans are being hard on Dell Alexander right now. He did a hell of a job. Dell Alexander didn't have help. He didn't have help like Michigan's coaching staff did. Good recruiter. Have watched him from afar. Think he's good at what he does, but he was outgunned in this one. I mean, you know, if he has, you know, he only has two hands. Michigan had eight. Guy, and Bryce, I mean, that's that's tough for any coach to contend with and certainly wasn't one that was going to win Notre Dame this battle. It's why Michigan came out on top. Real quick, Sam, you might have another guess. So just take a peek there, too. Okay. Um, coming in. So yes, we see. do. I see him. And a big, a big time talent who I first heard about from, I mean, anybody, anyone on the West Coast is Brandon Huffman, right? But he talked about some guys that not many people were talking about outside of their locale. So he said Zeke Berry and he said Colston Loveland. 
And he said, Sam, big time ball player. Any place in the country he can play. We saw that not only when Bama offered, but of course when Michigan jumps in. And I don't know about you, Bryce and Steve. I don't know if Michigan has had a player from Idaho in the past 80, 90, uh, you know, years. So Colston Loveland blazing a real trail here in Ann Arbor. Colston, thanks for joining us and congratulations on becoming a Wolverine. Of course. Hey, how you guys doing? I appreciate you. Thanks a lot. So Bryce, take us into what it was like to watch Colston play in a game up there in Idaho. It's a trip. It's a trip to Idaho. <laughs> I've never been to Idaho. That was a first. Uh, people are amazing. Love the people. Uh, you know, the biggest thing what I wanted to see was I kind of had, I kind of figured, no offense, Colston was going to dominate. I just did. You know, it was a lot of people looking like me and Steve out there and Sam. It just wasn't, <laughs> they're not the most impressive looking high schoolers she's going to get. But, but it's what else he was doing. He was playing every play. He, you know, he's playing defense, running 100 miles per hour. He's playing offense. He's not taking plays off. And I think it's his detail, you know, his focus and everything he does into his game makes him elite. You know, I think because he does play in Idaho, people overlook him. But at the same time, Sam, I mean, he had, I mean, Colston, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had offer from Alabama. You, I mean, you had some big offers here. It's not like you're that overlooked. So, you know, I, I think this is a huge win, one. And I want to ask you, Colston, how big was Jay Harbaugh just with your recruitment and just, you know, factoring in why you picked Michigan? <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Jay, Jay was real big in the process for sure. He hopped on me. I don't know exactly when they offered, but right when he hopped on me, Michigan, like that offer and him just talking to me felt like, like I honestly didn't even know how to tweet it out. I was like, damn, this is Michigan. You know what I'm saying? This is like football right here. Uh, but no, Jay, Jay's been, he's done, he done a great job recruiting me and he, you know, always, always hit me up always sending me, you know, practice films and cut-ups of what they're doing and, you know, just kind of making me feel like I'm already there when I'm not. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he did He did an excellent job, obviously. Yeah, so, you know, Bryce talked about the way that you were able to dominate the competition in Idaho. What, what made you jump out at me was, look, I look for guys who go find work. Like, when you, when you complete the job where you are, can you go find work? And that was the thing in talking to Brandon. He said, man, he would go anywhere uh, in 7-on-7 seven seven to play anyone. So was that a thing for you, Colston, a, a concerted effort to to make it out wherever the competition was to to sharpen your game and to basically show people what you could do? Uh, Yeah, no, definitely. So I was going to originally play some 7-on-7 seven seven with uh, Ford Sports, you know, out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but that things just kind of didn't work out practice wise so i played out of this team in boise and we went down to dallas for a pylon tournament and because they were like he, uh the coach coach biggs he was like this is going to be the biggest tournament you know like we we want you at this one out of all of them so came to that one and there was some good competition for sure a lot of a lot of dudes with stars and that kind of like you know it, it got me excited because everyone's like yeah oh, there's no talent in idaho or there's not that much talent in idaho you're not playing great competition and then I was like, all right, now I just got to dominate these guys, you know, show them that it's not <laughs> it's not like. And then that ended up being a pretty – it ended up working out pretty good. Did shut out pretty good against some some good talent. 
Yeah, so, so Steve, I don't know if you have anything, but Bama comes in. Was that when it got real for you, when Bama came in with all? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty real. That was real. I was talking to, uh, oh, what's his name? Who? You probably wouldn't know. He was the coach. He was the tight ends coach, and then, like, like three weeks after he offered me, he got he got uh, fired or let go. Jay Graham, maybe? Uh-huh. Jay Graham, yeah. But when he, he talked to me and he – yeah, he he liked me a lot, obviously, and he shot me the offer after about three weeks of talking, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is biggest schools in the country for football." So it, that's when I started, and I was getting real sure. So when did you know it was Michigan, Colston? When did when did you decide that that's the place for you? Um. So actually. I liked Michigan, like I said, like right when they offered, I was super interested. And then I was supposed to go on a visit to Colorado last weekend in June because I had those set up. And then I was like, kind of talked to my family a little bit and talked with Coach Jay. And they were like, we'll get you up here this weekend if you'd you'd rather do that. And I said, yeah, why not? And then right when I got up there, the feeling and then, you know, the love from the coaching staff as well and the love from the players even. And just, you know, everyone kind of over there has – just really great personalities that I see in every day in the small town of Gooding. And that kind of right there when I get got there, obviously committed there is when I knew, yeah, this is, this is where I want to be. All right. So uh, your game for people who haven't seen you play Colston, tell Michigan fans what you're going to bring to the table. Uh, I'm hoping to bring, bring a mixture of both. You know, I can catch, I can catch a lot that comes at me and then uh, blocking, blocking, I converted to a tight end my junior year, which was a little change for sure. But blocking, you know, it's all the same stuff. It's just how much you put into it. So I'm I'm hoping to bring both the, the, a great skill of blocking and and then the hands. And then you know on special teams, I'll work hard and I'll I'll, I'll hit I'll hit I'll hit some I'll hit some some people. And so I'm excited. I, I'll bring I'll bring a lot. And when I saw Bryce's video, I said cheat code. I said a cheat code. That's what he is every time on the on the field, man. So well, his coach told me freshman year. Now he might have been off of numbers. You were six foot one seventy something like that, and yeah, now you're uh, and now you're what six six two forty. Last time I weighed two thirty eight. I'm still waiting for that. I'm yeah, that's what that. I said, man. How come I couldn't get some of that? Come on, man. Yeah, no, it kind of just came out of nowhere for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Steve, you got anything for Colston? I was just going to say, he's he'll be the first varsity athlete from Idaho to sign with Michigan since Rex Wells in 1943. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, only, and only the second ever, the other one, Price Gilmore in 1894. <laughs> so, Dang. you're joining a Ooh. very, very select group of uh, Idahoans. Uh, you know, at the University of Michigan. So, uh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, I think I think just massive upside for you, man. I know the Michigan staff really excited to to get you. Are you enrolling early or signing? Just signing early. Yep, you're in early, right? Yep. Yeah. No. All right. So, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say hello to one of your one of your future teammates, Keon Sab, comes in with us now. Colston. What Here's up, Keon, Keon Colston? Hey, Keon, how you doing? Yo, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good, how you, bro? Good, good. Congrats on the signing, man. Congrats on the signing. Appreciate it, bro. Ready to be a part of the family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, well, Colson, congratulations on becoming a Wolverine, and we'll see you when you get to Ann Arbor. Hey, appreciate you guys. You take care. All right, thanks a lot.
That was Colston Loveland, who joins us. And now the man who made waves today, Keon Sab, one of the yes, best sir. athletes, regardless of position in this class. He can, uh, you know, you want him to be a ball hawk at safety, he could do that. You want him to come down and ride down in the box and lay a hat, he could do that. You want him to blitz, he can do that. Did I describe you accurately, Keon? Yeah, for sure. Definitely a good description. <laughs> All right, so let's get into your Michigan recruitment uh, and and take us through how they got on the radar with you. We sort of talked about this a little bit uh, in our previous interview, but there are a lot of people who discounted Michigan as a presence in your recruitment in the summer. And I said, hey, look, Michigan, they've done a good job. They're really right there on the heels of this official visit. Was it really that close? Did they really make that kind of rise with you over the course of the summer like I said they did? Uh, yeah, for sure. I definitely uh, I made a good um, connection with the coaching staff at the beginning, like the beginning of recruiting when they had the first uh, defensive, like a uh, like defensive coach and stuff like that. And then they uh, obviously left and got some new ones. So once they left, you know, it took me a little while to make, a, um, you know, some connections with the new coaches. But it came really fast. And in the summer with the visit, they definitely were one of my like top three, top two for sure. Yeah, man. So then you settle on on Clemson, but you can never predict coaching changes so when when were you surprised when coach Venables got the job at Oklahoma or had you been hearing that that was likely to be the case um first time my dad actually met him in person he said you know like what some other jobs would you be interested in and he actually said Oklahoma that was like a year or two ago Mm. so you know coming around like full circle now so uh, once we heard the rumors I kind of like kind of figured I kind of knew it was going to happen so it was kind of tough at first, but, you know, I got to, you know, move on. He made his decision. You know, I made mine. So now found the best option for me. So I thought, and you corrected me when I asked you, I said, hey, man, Michigan had a great season. You you came and you watched them beat Ohio State. Did that move them up in your eyes? And you said it didn't. I mean, so wh- why wasn't that – why didn't that move you like it moved some other guys? I mean, it, it just didn't seem to be as big of a factor with you. Um. It's not like all about winning for me, you know. I mean, it is about winning for sure, but just one game, you know. If they were to lose that, it wouldn't, have, you know, lessen their chances of getting me because I don't want to, you know, base it off one game. You know, some mistakes could have happened. You know, just one guy could have slipped up here and there. So I don't want to base off like my heart towards Michigan off of one game. So you come from Jersey, yeah, and the the Jersey contingent at Michigan and the Michigan football program is strong. And I know, you know, some of those guys, man, how, how prominent were they in your recruitment? I mean, were they sort of helping the coaches try to recruit you? Yeah, for sure. RJ was, was on me for a while, man. It's crazy. <laughs> as soon as, as soon as they figured out Michigan was one of my top schools, you know, Brad hit me. A lot of the, a lot of the guys from, from Michigan and Jersey, you know, started hitting me. But for sure, RJ was like the top one trying to, trying to get me there for sure. Did, I, I talked to Jet Howard, man. He said he tried to recruit you a little bit at one time, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he was recruiting me down here at, at IMG. All right. So what about your relationship with the coaches? Take us inside your connections with, with Ron Bellamy and with Steve Klinkscale. What's, what's, the, what's the vibe like with those guys? Man, if they feel like family. They basically are family, you know. They're like, uh, like I would say, like right now they're kind of like uncles. You know, I got my my, my actual dad and stuff like that. They're definitely like father figures as well. They guided me through some stuff for sure throughout the season. They always talk to me and definitely put like a positive light on things for sure. So when did you know Keon? I mean, you you had everyone cut LA 
FSU's coming back on you. Ohio State was coming back on you. You know, Clemson didn't give up. Uh, you got to figure <laughs> Coach Venables was was interested. Everybody in the country wanted Keon Sab, and then but you settled on Michigan. When and why? Uh, I settled on actually on Sunday, so I made a decision with my dad and my family. You know, we talked about it for for a little while for sure. Once I decommitted, you know, we started opening things up, trying to figure out schools and fill everybody out. And uh, Sunday, I actually figured it out, and I had a Zoom with uh, the coaches as well, Coach Horrible and stuff like that. They were supposed to come down and see me, but I actually had COVID, so we just sat on a Zoom, and I let them know that I was going to make a decision to come there. So that was that was definitely wow. crazy. It, it was it was it was a dream come true for sure. So how did they? Re- what was the reaction like when you told them? Man, they didn't. They weren't really expecting it because they were just we were just having a Zoom because they were supposed to come see me for my home visit, and then I actually told them. Harbaugh, he was happy. Coach Clink, he was jumping around. He was smiling. Somebody like that, Coach Ron, Coach McDonald. It was it was crazy. The, the, the morale was definitely high. So I want to I want to let the other fellas jump in. So I'll I'll give you this question. How where did you where did they say you fit? Because I started out the interview saying, man, you could be anywhere in the secondary. It feels like to me, you could be both safety spots. You can you can be a nickel. I mean, whatever they want you to do. So where did they say? They see you fitting. Is is there a player in the defense that they compared you to? Um, they said I was like a, a problem solver. You know, I can I can guard like the slots. You know, I can guard the all the wide receivers and stuff like that. And then some safeties are smaller and they can't really guard the tight end because the tight ends are like six six. They're bigger. Me being six three, I'm the problem solver. So I can guard the, the slots. I'm fast enough to guard them, and I'm big enough as well to guard the tight ends. So I'm I'm kind of fitting all over the field free, and then I will come down and guard those bigger tight ends as well. Bryce, Steve, you got anything for Keon? I wanted to ask you, as as a prospect who who decommitted, for, you were committed to Clemson for a while. How how difficult is it to kind of reopen the process, knowing how stressful the process is for someone like you who had as many offers as you did when you were made your original decision? Is it a situation where you know is it a difficult decision, or what what kind of goes into the thinking of of reopening the process? Uh, it's it's really difficult because you know you know you make a, a decision on a school and you know you're all in at first and then you know some things change so it was definitely tough you know breaking the news to the coaches and letting them know because they had some real high hopes for me you know big plan for me but it was tough trying to talk to the coaches that I built a relationship with you know I told them I was coming to school I saw myself there and then after all the things changed it, it was really tough trying to make that decision and letting them know that I wouldn't be coming there anymore. How how did they react? Was it a difficult conversation? Um, the coaches with them is it's all love for sure. So they wanted the best for me regardless of where I went. But um some of the coaches, you know, they were they were unhappy for sure because, you know, they lose a commit, but right. they understood at the end of the day that I have to make the best decision for me. Sure. Right, but then then Keon, you you get past the, the turn downs and then it's 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 the turn up, right? You you get a chance to be happy and be excited about going to Michigan, man. So when do you when do you get to Ann Arbor? What are they saying about the opportunity to make maybe play right away? I know you're gonna say you don't expect them to give you anything, but did they talk about the opportunity to get on the field right away? Um, right now there definitely is a, a great opportunity for me to get on the field early. But with any school, you know, they don't promise anything to any guys. So I'm going in there ready to work, regardless of if I get on the field early or not. I'm gonna go in there and put my best foot forward and work as hard as I can. What's your height and your weight and your 40 time at this point, your up-to-date measurables? Because people haven't, you know, I see people say, ah, he's 6'2". I see people, ah, he's 6'4". Where, where are you standing height, weight, and 40 time-wise now? 
I'm six three two oh five, and the last time I ran a forty, I ran a four four six. There you go. So again, out there flying can be that problem solver, that chess piece uh, that you were talking about. And then the other thing that I heard, Keon, they said, man, as soon as you you got in the fold, you got your recruiting hat on, you start trying to help get other guys in the fold. Is that right? Auto- automatically, <laughs> I got to make sure I'm trying to win championships. I'm trying to you know make sure my class is great. You know. They got some really good guys, but I was just trying to make sure any other guys that got Michigan in our top, I was just making sure I was trying to get them. Yeah, I know you Like, like Darius Clemens, I, I hit him immediately. <laughs> and he committed. Yeah. Hey, they need yep. to put you. Hey, man, I don't know how NIL works in recruiting. I mean, maybe maybe that's a gig. You can, you can get the help with recruiting, man, because that's a, a high hit rate. Are there any guys at IMG that – you know, that Michigan is going to be more in play for because you're, you're there, you think? Um, 23-wise, for sure. 20, 22, most of my uh, most of my, my friends and my teammates, they made their decisions today. They already signed, so the 22 class is kind of out of there. But 23 is for sure. We got Carnell Tate. We got Justin Benton, a D lineman. Uh, Carnell Tate, wide receiver, best wide receiver I was, I've guarded for sure. Then we got Will, uh, Will Norman, William, William Norman. He's from New Jersey. Great D lineman, a freak athlete. I was 6'5", freak athlete, played basketball, so he got a really good feel with his body and stuff like that for sure. Oh, man. So Keon is going to be – are you going to be the pipeline guy to IMG for the Man, for the I Blue? hope so. Yes, and I got to get some jersey safeties as well. Got to keep that tradition going, Brad and RJ. Get yeah, some safeties man. as well. Yeah, I hear that. Well, Bryce, you got anything for Keon before we let him go? You know, for me, I actually went to see Will Johnson earlier, and so he mentioned you – um, can you just talk about the DB class you guys got? Because it's really impressive. So what do you think about that DB class you got coming in? I think we got a really good chance to be a really good uh, back end. You know, we all most, all of us come in as mid-years. So I think it's one of us that don't come. But having us all come in at mid-years is, is really great. So we're going to have a really good time like getting all of our defensive stuff down and gelling for like the spring into the season. So I think our, our, our class for the DB should be really good. <clears throat> yeah. Hey man, I'm I'm as excited to see to see Antoine Sav show up as I am Keon Sav. So the yeah. Savs, <laughs> the Savs are coming to town, and appreciate you taking time. I know it's a busy time for you, but you made time for us today, so I appreciate that. Congratulations on being a Wolverine. And when do you when do you get to Ann Arbor again? Uh, I think I'm coming because I have the, the uh, UA All American game, so I'll probably get there between the third and the fifth. Gotcha, of January. All right, well, well, Keon, and so you got Keon Sab that'll be in that game. Marion Walker is in that game. Will Johnson's in that game. I got to yep. go through the roster, but Michigan's going to be strong, going to be thick, going to be deep yes, sir. in the Under Armour game. So, so uh, congratulations, Keon, man. Thanks a lot Appreciate for your time. It. Appreciate it. All right, that's that's right, folks. Keon Sab joined us here on our special edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider and Guys. Uh, just a big-time talent that helped round out this class in a way that I think few people saw coming there, uh, Steve. Big from a perception standpoint, too, right? I mean, there are a few guys I think they picked up today that aren't just talented but really do kind of help. You know, think about it is like, you know, the question, can Michigan capitalize on, on beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten title? You only get a few weeks to do that before early signing day. Right. I mean, there's really not that much time and you're talking about trying to recruit elite talent. Uh, Most of these guys like Keon being one, 
has been recruited for two plus years. You know, it's not easy to just get back in. Even even if you look more appealing than you did four or five weeks ago, it, it's not easy to walk in. You know, I, that's why I think just uh, I think Michigan did about as well as they could have done as far as capitalizing on their on-field momentum uh, in such a short amount of time. I mean, you're talking a few flips here. Keon borderline flip, really. I mean, it really, you know, not technically, but uh, pretty much. And, and, and adding guys at, at positions of need, but adding high upside, highly ranked guys, you know, that, that had initial interest. That's the, the parallel between Keon and, and Darius Clemens, both guys who I think had really high interest in Michigan early, but I, I do, I think, I think, I think the on field stuff um, really, really turned things around in both of those recruitments. The coaching changes obviously made a difference too, but again, I don't think if those co- coaching changes are always going to take place, Michigan's not the, the school standing at the end if they don't go 12 and one and win the big 10 title. That's my opinion on it. Maybe, you know, maybe they beat Ohio state, lose to Iowa. Maybe it's still the same, but either way um, they're not the one we're not talking about these two and maybe a couple other guys today. If Michigan goes eight and four, you know, seven and five, not even nine and three. Right. I, I don't know if we're talking about these guys right now. So really great job by the staff to, to take advantage of, of what they could in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. I said in the summer when people were discounting Michigan as a finalist, and you might recall Steve Wilfong's interviews. You know, even the commitment interviews can be very, very telling. And Keon said in that interview, you know, I was I started with Clemson, and then you know I was saying I was going to go to Michigan, then I was saying I was going to go to Georgia, and it kept going back and forth. Then it came back to to Clemson, and it just felt like to me one school was different than the rest, right? That I mean. I know what he said. It wasn't just about winning, but it's about at least winning some, right? Michigan was coming off a two and four season, Bryce and Steve. Those, I mean, Clemson is competing in the playoffs. Georgia is is a winning team, so it you, you got to believe that it did look a little different, and so you felt like Michigan would have more of a leg to stand on to come back around in his recruitment if they won some games. It just so happened he was so cool with the coaches. You know, that that he and his family and his dad, you could tell he really – here's a little-known fact as we're going to bring Deuce Spurlock on as our next guest here coming up. But little-known fact, Antoine Sab, his dad, actually came came up to Michigan for a game without Keon. I think it was the Northwestern game. I don't know. See, this is a little something that we were reporting for the first time on the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast, right? So when I a lot of times when I talk about these things, we can't reveal to you everything we know we can't divulge all the details when we say hey michigan's in with this guy that hey they got a shot at this guy hey they're gonna come back around on this guy when i talked about michigan maybe having a chance to get back in with keon it was kind of talking about that hey you know he wasn't necessarily here in a recruiting capacity uh but he was here uh in a way that would allow the coaches to to establish more of a rapport and more of a vibe with him so if the opportunity ever presented itself well hey they are they are that much closer to uh, to having an impact, and ultimately they went and got him. And I know some of those IMG names sounded very familiar. We all have seen Carnell Tate, right? I think Carnell Tate or Jalen Brown, I think they're the two best receivers in that cycle. I mean, Carnell Tate put on a show at IMG this season. I mean, he's he is big time, big time. So, yeah. Yep, and Michigan all over him, and Jalen Brown, Michigan all over him as well as both of those guys show well in camp settings. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know who else showed well in the camp setting? Our next guest. He came up to Michigan's camp. Not a lot of people knew who he was. I remember because, you know, the media wasn't allowed in those camps. I haven't told Deuce this. So media wasn't allowed at those camps. So there was a coach, Coach Will McMichael from Belleville. He called me up. And his son is, is one of the rising linebackers. Uh, what, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Beasley is what, 24, Bryce? 24. Yeah. So Jeremiah Beasley, ball player. Ball player, big-time linebacker in this state. Remember the name Jeremiah Beasley if you don't know it. But he didn't call me talk about Jeremiah. He called me and he said, hey, man, who is this kid, Deuce Spurlock? He said, man, this dude is up here killing it at this camp. He said, did Michigan offer offer him? A, I said, no, nah, I don't think he has offer. He said, man, they better offer this guy. And next thing you know, Deuce Spurlock came away from that camp with that offer. He joins us now, fresh off of signing his national letter of intent to the maize and blue, and he is officially a Wolverine. Deuce, congratulations on putting pen to paper, man, and officially becoming a Wolverine. Thank you. Uh, it's great. To be honest, I can't wait to get up there. So take us back to that camp experience, Deuce. I know we've had this conversation before, but relive it for us and relive it for the fans of what was on your mind when you came up. Did you come here expecting to get an offer? Did you feel like, oh, I got to prove it to him? What did you think as you set foot in Ann Arbor? Man, um, to be honest, I was just up there trying to get better, uh, trying to get better at my craft and all that. But I was just really in awe because I was in Michigan. It's like, the best school in the country. So it's something like you got to have a high expectation for yourself. So going through that camp, I was thinking, all right, I'm doing pretty good. Um, all that stuff. I caught a pick, uh, then I got it back. And then uh, the thing that really stuck out to me, though, was Coach Hilo made me run because I took my eyes off my man. But that's, that's real right there. So <laughs> that's really what stuck with me. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. You really made me run. I was like, <laughs> It's crazy it's like, you made me run, so. It's like, come on, coach. You're like, hey, man, this is a camp, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a camp, right? But but you got that offer. So you you know, players know when they're doing well. So you you knew you were doing well at the camp. Did you think as you were doing well, man, oh, man I'm going to get this offer. Did you think that or did it catch you by surprise? Um, 
I kind of thought I was gonna get it, but still though, just getting the offer, it kind of, it kind of just sends you a little shock. So I was like, I got the offer, but man, it's crazy. Like it's Michigan, so yeah, it kind of, it kind of still sent me in there a little shock, a little shock. So how did how did that manifest? How did that shock manifest? Were you uh, did were there tears? Was your mom, I think your mom was with you, right? I mean, what was what was the reaction of you and your family when you got that offer? So crazy story. So um, I was going to take some pictures. It was, I think it was me. I think it was just me and my my vent. Oh, who was it? It was me, my mentor, and my mom. And so we was coming down. I was getting ready to go take the pictures, about to walk in, take a photo shoot. And my mentor Vince, he was like, he was like, "Dudes, let's go. You gotta get undressed." And I was like, "What's happening?" He was like, "Come on, we gotta get undressed." So I go in there, I take all my stuff off, uh, put all my clothes back on and stuff. I head up, and we're going in there. We're going to an office. It was like. Hmm. So I kind of know it's happening. So I was like, now I see why he's coming to get me. So we went in there, uh, talked to Coach Hilo, Coach Mack, and they just offered me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't stop smiling. And my mom, we came back. My mom, she was like, she she didn't want me to tell nobody. Mama tell them still. She was in there crying and stuff. I was like, dang. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, she saw she saw that checkbook. She's like, ah, I don't have to pay for college. <laughs> that's, yes, what sir, that's, is, that's what the tears are about. And so, you know, we've been covering, so Bryce and I, so this is a story, and you can confirm this for us, because we were trying to figure out, hey, I, we think Deuce is getting close to committing to Michigan. And I think it was your grandmother is on Twitter, and she said, this is before you made your decision, she said, yeah, I got to get my winter coat ready. I got to go get my winter coat. And I was like, ah, that must mean Deuce is coming to Michigan. So was she talking about Michigan at that point? Yeah, she was. <laughs> I, figured, I figured that was the case. But this this linebacker class, Bryce, we know that George Hilo really prioritized speed, quickness, athleticism, and coachability. And so that was one of the things that stuck out to me, Bryce. I wonder if it stuck out to you that way. Yeah, I mean, you watch Deuce play. He can obviously play sideline to sideline. But I think what was even more impressive is Deuce, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you had nearly, what, 200 tackles? I mean. Yes, sir. Uh, 186. So pretty close. Almost. I mean. 186 uh, tackles in a season? In a season. Like one season? Yes, sir. Man, is that like a record at your school? Uh, Well, for our school, yeah, it is. I had a. 186 and 27 or 30 tackles for a loss in ASAC. So that that's I think like, that was a I think the 186 and the 27 tackles for a loss were a record. That's gotta be like so. Madden numbers. Like, <laughs> you, like you, don't, you don't just get those numbers. But uh, no, Deuce, I I asked you this morning because I was curious too. You know, George Hilo did a good job with recruiting you up to the very end too because you told me, hey, just because I committed to Michigan, that. Don't mean other schools don't like me as well. I mean, you said Auburn, Clemson, Florida, even Washington came in. So can you just talk about that process of now, you know, you think you're committed, you think you're good, and all of a sudden you got all these schools just reaching out and calling you and trying to flip you. Yeah, the crazy thing, um, my mentor Vince, the same guy who was out, I was up there with, he was like, at the beginning of the summer, he was like, you're going to go to one of these camps and you're going to blow up. And I was like, well, that, what happens, happens. And then he said, at the end of the recruiting trail, they're going to start calling you and texting you, trying to get you to flip. And I was like, I don't think they'll do all that. So we fast forward to now. It's like 
had a lot of people calling me, texting me, and it was crazy because, like, what he said was true, and I was in, like, crazy texts and all that type of stuff, like, every day, like, calls and all that type of stuff. So it was crazy, but just listening to Michigan and what they had to say to me, it kind of stuck with me and just the camp experience that I had, it wasn't it wasn't something I could pass up on. And the brotherhood that we had there, especially with like how close we are as a class, but how close they are as a football team, that's something I couldn't pass on. You, I could tell, and I, I want to toss it over to, to Steve. I, I mean, I could tell what kind of season you were having out seeing your numbers by seeing the, the different schools that came in, man. I mean, you know, Auburn was turning up the heat. Uh, you know, we heard Florida was start, starting to show you some love. I mean, there are some other schools that were were starting to come. I think maybe Clemson, some other schools uh, mm-hmm. were coming in there. So who were all the schools that started showing you love based on the season you were having? Um, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Washington, uh, Boston College tried to get back into it. Um, Vandy, shoot, I'm trying to think. South Carolina. Oh. Uh, that's as far as my memory is taking me right now. Syracuse. Um, that, that's as far as my memory is taking me right now. But I'll probably think of something later. Yeah. So, Steve, that was the. I know when when you saw Clemson, that was one of the ones that I think got your attention. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson, and Florida definitely got my attention. Yeah, I was gonna say, I know a couple. I know uh, another school that was recruiting you thought you reminded them a lot of Clemson's linebacker linebackers that Clemson has had in their defense. I assume that was maybe the dialogue with Clemson, uh, that you would be a good fit in their defense. I wonder, I, my question was, do you have any, you already told one pretty good story about George Hilo. Uh, I kind of want to know more about what it's like to be recruited by, by coach Hilo as he seems like a pretty, uh, a pretty unique guy, uh, and coach on the recruiting trail. Uh, he's, so some of the stuff I can't say, but <laughs> let me just tell you this. <laughs> Coach Hilo is definitely, like, one of the top five funniest people I know. Like, everything he says, like, everything he says has a purpose to it, but he gets, like, the right words to say it. So just, man, he – let me just tell you, he did not want me going anywhere else. I'll just say it like that. <laughs> he, he didn't want me going anywhere, so – <laughs> hey, so so you came on a visit. So there, there's some guys in the 23 class that you're you're kind of connected to with when it comes to man. I don't know how well you know them, but they they see your game, saw your tape. So Michigan got Raylan Wilson and, and talking about hey, you know you got some speed coming up from the south. You from Alabama, Raylan from from Florida. When you were on campus, the maybe the freakiest athlete Nick. I've. Nicholas Harbor. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Harbor. You were on campus with Nick Harbor. So I'm curious, had you heard of him before you met him? And, did, and when you when you got home, did you have to look him up to say, man, and see if what they said about him was true? Yeah, I had to. Uh, for him to be that tall, that fast, but that strong, that's like, that's like some generational stuff right there. Like, they're amazing athletes on this earth, but then there's like people who's just born with it. So they're like, that's something like you can't teach all that. So for him to be like, he's definitely like, he's a freak of an athlete. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so you, that was the day you committed and that seemed to have a real impact on him. I'm curious, Deuce, not maybe not necessarily those two guys, but just in general, I mean, 
had you taken an active role in trying to recruit other guys? And, and if you haven't in the past, are you going to do that in the future? I took a little, a little bit, a little bit. So I did a little bit of recruiting, but uh, I definitely will be recruiting harder in the future. So uh, we can get our point across. Like, let's be, like who wouldn't want to come to Michigan? Like that's, that's, the, that's the motto. So it's, <laughs> I got you. So, so what's next for you? On the agenda, when do you get to Ann Arbor? Sort of take us through what's uh, what's on the horizon for Duke Spurlock. For now, I want to finish school, get over a 3.5, 3.6. Then uh, after that, I'm going to be working like crazy. Uh, try to get my body in football shape, even though football season can really prepare you for that. But um, I'll probably be, I'll be in Ann Arbor uh, May. So it'll be uh, during the summer, but I'm going to be working just like I was there. So. That's that's the that's the gist for me. Now I know nothing is promised, but did they talk about the opportunity to see the field early? I mean, what's the conversation uh, about when it comes to when they say you might be able to see the field? Definitely, how I develop. Um, if I pick up the playbook and all that fast, I can see the field. So it just depends on really myself is how I wanna how I wanna play it. So if I yeah. put in the work and all that stuff, I'll be, I'll be able to see the field early. Gotcha. Well, Deuce, so happy for you, man. I know you worked hard for it. You worked hard for that offer. We saw it uh, and the culmination of it to be able to commit and then ultimately sign a day. Just super happy for you. Super happy for your family. And uh, congratulations and looking forward to seeing you when you get to Ann Arbor. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Deuce Spurlock officially in the fold, officially a Wolverine and hard not to get excited for him, guys. Right. I mean, I can I can imagine what it was like for his mom to to realize, man, college is paid for. She was like, hallelujah, heck yeah. I don't have to pay for college. My baby just went out here and earned a scholarship. And that's exactly what he did because, look, it wasn't – it's no small thing to be able to impress some of the guys that were calling me about Deuce Spurlock at that camp. Uh, and that, they didn't know who he was. That, and that's how you know it's a ball player. Like, you go to some camps, and you got a list of who's going to be there, right? So you're looking for them. But then there are the guys that you show up, you don't have any idea who they are, and then they make you notice them. And that's what Deuce Spurlock did at that camp, Steve. We were we were just talking about Samaj Morgan at Ferris State in the same – sort of in the same vein, right, as a guy that, you know, you, you didn't really know a ton about him. Then you see they, they pop right away. You know, to have those SEC schools and Clemson call in late is a really great sign that he's another prospect they've recruited who's on an upward trajectory uh, heading into Ann Arbor, right? I mean, that's and at an important position this cycle, too. I think linebacker's a spot they wanted to get a little more depth, you know, get a little more athletic at that spot. I think he answers both of those questions. I mean, obviously, he answers the depth question. He's a, he's a guy. He's a player. But speed-wise, sideline-to-sideline type kid, and, and like I said, pro- pro- productive too. Uh, we talk, I know our, our national team has always talked about like quarterback productivity being a, a future success indicator. I'd be curious to know if a guy who has 186 tackles his <laughs> senior year, you know, it's like he's obviously not afraid to, to tackle the offensive player. Right. I mean, it's like, I mean, the dude must bathe in icy hot. That's what, that's like, what it's like. Yeah, grief. I almost right. wonder if he'd get bored uh, tackling so many, you know, it's like, 
I got to do this again. You know, <laughs> I only got 27 so far this game, you know, so like, so, but that, but, but just being productive as a trait, you know, I wonder if that's something that, that is something that can carry over into the college level, you know, a guy who's just used to being productive. So, you know, I think he's got Deuce has gained some, some momentum on our board today as a sleeper of the, of the class type candidate. And, and I can see why, you know, like I said, product productive had some sec ACC schools come in late trying to gauge his interests and, and a kid who has the athleticism uh, to be a difference maker, at linebacker. Right. So that, you know, that was an expected signing today. Uh, if you followed us over on the michiganinsider.com, and by the way, over on the michiganinsider.com, if you are not a member, there's still time left in our 50% off deal, but it ends at midnight. So, uh, you know, this is one of the best deals of the year. If you don't want to sign up for an annual, you can get in your first month for a dollar. Uh, don't miss the opportunity because it's going to go away at midnight. Uh, but you can get in on this scoop. And if you were around the board last night, you knew that Alex or Jai Bryce, he was going to be joining the fold. And if you watch this, he has a gun. Uh, you watch his tape. He may be raw, but, man, he can throw that rock. And, you know, the, the Wolverines, you could tell that they had, they had been looking and maybe adding a second quarterback in this class. And this is exactly the kind of developmental guy that it makes sense because you can nurture him and grow him up while J.J. McCarthy is on the field doing his thing, Bryce. 6-2, I want to say 220 people. You know, it's funny because you mentioned how much raw he is to the point where some people said, why not linebacker? I mean, he looks like he could literally play linebacker. Um, physically develop, like you said, rocket for an arm. But he's, he, again, another guy that produced, he had over 2,000 yards throwing the ball. You know, he's playing at a high level down there in Texas of high school football. And, you know, he comes from a school, Sam, or a family that's very high in academics. He's got two brothers that attend right now, Vanderbilt. So for him, I think when he took that official visit to Michigan this past weekend, one, you wanted to kind of know, listen, am I playing quarterback? Am I coming in for – what am I coming in for? And they said, no, we want you at QB. And two, what are that academics looking like? You know, I think for him – Comparing Virginia Tech to Michigan academics, I don't think they're on the same playing field. And I think that was a big thing until he really connected with Matt Wise. That was a mm-hmm. guy he really liked on the visit. He really liked his vibe. And I think how they showed him and how he would be used, potentially like a Lamar Jackson sort of dual threat quarterback, like you said, he kind of used when he was with the Baltimore Ravens, was very appealing to him as well. So this is a, a guy they wanted in the class for a while. I think they didn't think they had a chance, but all of a sudden they're 12 and one. So now you <laughs> can start calling people that you usually can and they're yeah. going to answer the phone. And that's yeah. what happened here. Yeah. And Steve, you know, quarterback recruiting, especially in this day and age uh, with the portal, right. It's hard to nurture depth. It's hard to nurture depth. So you almost have to, uh, as you, you know, as you go through cycles where you know who your guy is and who your guy might be for a couple of years, you almost have to kind of court the guys that know they need a little work, that know that they need some development before they see the field. Because, you know, the guys who think they need to play right away, 
they aren't going to sit on the bench, Steve. They're going to hit that portal. I mean, how many like big quarterback names have we seen enter across the country just in the last two weeks? I mean, Calzada started, what, 10 games for Texas A&M this year and enters the portal. Yeah, I agree. Interesting cycle to take two with Dante Moore in the wings in 2023, but I think they took the right guys uh, to maybe to bridge that gap between the two. You know, both high upside, maybe raw, a little more raw type prospects that, that Michigan can get, see what they can do. Um, Orgy is a, a package type guy too, possibly. Like a guy they can yeah, throw in using a lot of different ways, right? I mean, that's another interesting wrinkle. I think he brings to the table. Both his brothers are are linebackers too. Uh, he's got the ability to play linebacker too. I would I would think it runs in the blood. Um, obviously, Michigan recruit him for quarterback, but uh, but either way, the athleticism's there. I think he's a dynamic, very inter- one of the definitely one of the more interesting pieces that Michigan added uh, just in this class overall, let alone today. So so yeah, no, fascinating fascinating duo at QB. Uh, but again, both guys that I think Michigan can, yeah, like you said, nurture, develop and see where it goes. Uh, Cause yeah, you're right. It's hard to build depth in, 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 at quarterback these days. Uh, so I think Michigan may be almost going against the grain a little bit by taking two, whereas a lot of other programs are going through the portal. Uh, I don't mind Michigan taking this route, knowing you have McCarthy and knowing that you're going to have a, at least a very legitimate shot with Dante Moore. Yeah, man. All right. So, uh, th- that was uh, one of the many fireworks on the day. I think the last one of the day, the last one to come through. We expected it, but it, it didn't make it any less exciting. And that is Derek Moore, former commitment to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, you you go and Lincoln Riley, he goes to SC. There's a lot of talk, as we talked about in the last episode of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. A lot of people thought, ah, it's going to be SC. Really? It turned out to be Michigan and Ole Miss, and I tell you, I, we saw, we saw Steve Wilfong put in a, a, a crystal ball. I saw a few crystal balls, and I just could not do it because you said it really, really perfectly last time, Steve. Say, man, you got Chris Partridge on the other side. Not, you, you just can't feel easy. <laughs> you can't feel easy until that guy's in the fold. I didn't feel easy. Until I heard out of the Magnolia State, until I heard out of Mississippi, that they were thinking uh, he's gonna go, he's gonna go to Michigan. That's what I felt like, Steve. Okay, I can put this crystal ball in. That's why I dropped one last night. Nice little win, because yeah, Partridge is—he's tough to recruit against. It's tough to get to recruit against Chris Partridge, let alone recruit against him when he knows who you are. <laughs> yeah, Michigan. He knows. He knows Harbaugh. He knows how Michigan. You know, he has a little more you know, ability to know how Michigan's going to pitch, what they're going to do than almost any other assistant in the country. So another coaching change that benefits Michigan here, you know, Lincoln Riley goes to SC, he decommits from Oklahoma. Um, But again, another one where I suspect if Michigan's not 11 and two or 12 and one, they probably aren't the school that jumps to the forefront of this recruitment. And with Cavante Henry, a little shaky right now, uh, more all of a sudden becomes a very important piece for Michigan in this cycle uh, as a guy who could project to edge. I mean, he does have, he, he looks like a guy who has a frame to build up even bigger maybe and play uh, with his hand on the ground more often, but also could be a guy they could put at that edge spot. So 
Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a few guys here who all of a sudden don't just commit but are like important pieces of the class from a depth and, and um, you know, sort of building things back up perspective. So, so yeah, no, a guy that I think we'll probably want to de- dive, uh, dive deeply into. We don't really – I don't think we've done a ton on him just scouting and just talking about what his abilities are yet. Uh, but a guy that I'm really interested to look a little bit further into and see really what kind of player Michigan's getting. Yeah, no doubt. And, and a guy at a position that it is, I think we're going to see some of the, the guys that have been waiting in the wings emerge. I mean, there's some obvious guys that you know are going to play. Mike Morris is going to be a guy, right? Jalen Harrell uh, is going to be a guy for them. You expect a guy like Braden McGregor uh, to really rise to the fore, right, Bryce? I mean, I mean, think about think about the parallels. I'm not saying that Braden is going to be I'm not saying that he's going to be Aiden Bryce, but man, aren't there some striking physical similarities and, and background coming to Michigan for Braden and Aiden? Well, they both played lacrosse in high school. He was at one time actually ranked higher than Aiden Hutchinson. He was at one time a five star. Um, you know, and the crazy thing about him is he had offers like from Clemson for tight end. Yeah. You know, like people don't and, understand and Aiden, that. And, and Aiden had some offers for tight end too. That's why I said, well, man, it's like, man, it's, it's freaky, the similarities between Now, them. the big thing is he's coming off an injury. Right. And so, you know, not only is it the injury, but it's the rehab that came from as well because normally guys would just go in the facilities, kind of work through it through there. Once COVID hit, when he was supposed to come in, kind of shut everything down. So that kind of, I think, derailed his rehab or prolonged it a little much there. Um, but he's he's on track. I think he's ready to go. I think he's waiting in the wings, and I think he's a guy that knows his moment will be next year. He knows it. You know, I think – I don't know if many people expected Ojabo to do what he did this year, you know. <laughs> How could so, you? How could you? We'll see. You know, and I think the other thing, too, talking about edge rushers is that's the one question mark I have with this class because of Kavante Henry and Ethan Burke, who flipped to Texas. Um, where do they go? Do you know, do you look for transfer portal guys? Do you load up in 2023? Do you? There's certain, you know, but I. At the same time, they have guys there now that I think can perform. I mean, you look at, you know, uh, Harold. I thought he had a great game against Iowa. I yeah. thought he played amazing. So I think some of these guys, they're not getting love just because well, it's tough to get on the field. You think about it. Think about this. I mean, they packaged. They packaged Jalen Harrell in that game. So they, they started out heavy run defense. And they had Jalen Harrell in there over David Jabo. It just just for the run defense. So it's like, man, you gotta be really you gotta be balling if you're taking David Ajabo off the field. Because it's not like I mean, we saw David Jabo in that game make some plays against the run, right? There was a big third down stop where he shed a block. He shed the offensive lineman and got off the block and and made a tackle for loss. So he's no slouch in the run game. I think that's something that we saw him grow into as the season went on because what team, if you got a choice, and this is not meant to to disparage or disrespect Dave, but they're like, okay, I can run into Aiden. I can run the other way. 
I'm going to run the other way. It's kind of it's what they said, right? And, uh, David Jabbo just happened to be on the other side. And I think Michigan anticipating that was saying, hey, we got this, this big physical edge guy that is going to be stout against the run. And Jalen Harrell, to your point, played well in that game. But I, I mentioned the rotation, mentioned the guys likely to be in the mix because I think I think I think more physically, I think he's going to be ready to come in and compete. Now, can he pick up the playbook fast enough? Uh, we have to wait and see. But Steve, I, I don't think it's far fetched to say. I think what he's six four, two fifty right now. I mean, what is Dave Ajabo? Two two fifty five, two sixty, right? And I mean, you look at the picture that we had of of, of Derek Moore on the on the front page on that crystal ball, and he is cut. He is ripped, Steve, and he is like he's he's basically like punching an offensive lineman. Not I'm talking about punching the football sense. He's punching an offensive lineman, and he has this guy often with a full extension of an arm. So you see how strong he is. I don't know that he's going to play early, but I certainly think he's going to be able to come in and compete for an opportunity to see the field right away. 250 is a nice weight too, right? I, at 6'4", 250 just sounds good as far as if Michigan wanted him to lose a couple pounds or gain a couple. Like there's a lot of leeway either way there where it feels like their strength and conditioning could get him. Like that's a that's an in-shape weight. I feel like that they could get him where they want physically pretty quickly. Um Luigi Valane, maybe a little bit. I mean, is there? I mean, was Luigi a little bit shorter? I think I'm Luigi to... might have been a little. I think Luigi might have been a little bit shorter. I think that Derek Moore might be a little more fluid. Sure. Uh, sure. But you know, but Luigi, see, Luigi, I think was robbed of some some quickness from all those injuries. Right. He he had all the like injury after injury after injury. If you saw Luigi. In high school, if you saw Luigi at the Under Armour All American game, I mean, Luigi was was more of a prospect at the time than Quiddy Pay, but he just he couldn't. He got bad luck with the injury bug, man. So he, that's one of those things you just can't predict. You hope that that guys have some good luck in that regard, uh, so they can reach their their physical potential. Uh, because uh, getting back to Derek Moore, guy with a lot of physical potential, you know, he's going to have some comfort. Uh, based on all the St. Francis guys that are in this program. So uh, anxious to see how that works out. But I want to get to to Bryce real quick before we close out, because you went over to Will Johnson's ceremony. And I just feel like we need to spend some time on talking about the guy that, I mean, he's the highest rated player in the class. He He committed at a time where it wasn't like, yeah, sure thing. They're gonna be, they're gonna be, uh, you know, a big time performer. And remember, Ohio State was hot on his trail. And then when, you know, when the chips seemed like they were down, he stayed committed. He stayed committed and helped recruit other guys to the class, Bryce. So you went and saw his ceremony, and he just seems like a guy from a maturity standpoint, physically and mentally that is really, really ready to step into the role. You know, that role that he had in this class, you know, and recruiting it, it just feels like he's ready to step into that role to be that kind of guy on the field for Michigan as well. He's just a leader. That's the best way I would put it. And people around him gravitate towards him. I mean, I don't know if you saw my Twitter, but Samaj Morgan, 
who's committed to Michigan, was at the ceremony. Jacob Bowden, who's another top in-state underclassman, was at the ceremony. All to support him, you know, because they believe in him and they believe in what he's accomplished. And so, you know, one thing for me that I really took away from Will covering him, you know, throughout these years is he's a team player. He's willing to do anything, right? So it's junior season, lockdown. Just lock down the side of the field, okay? So what do teams do, Sam? <laughs> they go the other we're way. Gonna go, we're, we're going that way. Just like Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. we're going that way. So what does his high school coach do during the summer? Hey, Will, come here, come here. How about playing safety? What does Will say? Sure, let's do it. And what does he do? Ball out there. You know, hey, wideout, sure. QB, wildcat, I'll do that too. You know, I think too – it's funny because we talked to his dad, Deion Johnson, at the you know signing ceremony too. And he said the same thing, Sam. He said, you know, it's funny because when he committed, there wasn't all this hoopla with Michigan. They were two and four. We didn't know where they were going. He said he had a lot of good options, Ohio State, you know, Alabama. Like all these big schools still wanted him. And he said, deep down my gut, did I want him to go to Michigan? Absolutely. But he was like, the kid really wasn't 100% sure. You know, he was looking at all his options. And he said a big reason why he liked Michigan was of those relationships. He credited, you know, Linquist, Coach Mo, kind of set that bond and that table right there. But then took over Bellamy and Klinkscale. And they kind of took it from there to a whole other point where Will was like, listen, do you see the DB class we got coming in? Did you see what they did with the guys that got on roster now? Imagine us on there, you know, once they get to work with us. So people should be really excited about him. He's a long, randy corner, 6'3", 190. Fluid is crap. He can, you know, cover a guy. He can, even if you had him in the slot, he can cover a slot receiver. He can do a lot. I think for Michigan, he was the Donovan Edwards this cycle. Like you had, you you just had to land him, and they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and that yeah, was a big did. win, obviously. So. You know, you know what it made me think of. So Harbaugh, you remember there was some. I mean, at the time where the news wasn't out about him coming back. I mean, it was it was up in the air. All the media was speculating. Well, why isn't there any news? Why haven't they announced in a a uh, an extension? And this was at a time where Ohio State was pushing for Will hard. They, I think they led for Will at one point. I think Will would admit that. And Harbaugh got wind, and he, call, he got on the phone. I, he didn't call, but he got on the phone with Will Johnson. Will Johnson knew that Jim Harbaugh was coming back before the media did. I mean, he's like, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Don't do anything. Don't commit. I'm going to be here at Michigan. So he made it a point realizing to your point, Bryce, this dude is a foundational guy. He is the top player in the state. He is a legacy guy. He's at a position of need. He's like a, a five-star too. There were, he like checked all these boxes, Steve, that made him a must get prospect in Michigan. Got him. I don't, we don't throw must get around a lot either. Right. But, but he, yeah, with the legacy, situation notwithstanding i mean to lose a, a you know 
the optics of losing a five-star legacy prospect potentially to your bitter rival yeah. is something that could have put a huge damper on this class's momentum and, and whatever they could do early on um, would have made it very difficult to even with a great season to get things to where they are now. Right. I mean, cause Ohio state still had a really a good season uh, anyway, you know, get an early verbal there. Maybe you hang on to him or whatever, but um, you know, you save yourself the headache of having to, try to maybe recruit him against somebody else. He's not a kid they would have given up on. Instead, you have somebody who's, who turned out to ha- try to help bring guys into the fold for you. Uh, obviously, we know you know it didn't happen, but he was a big factor in keeping Damani Jackson interested. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of other guys too, right? I mean, like th- there's like there's so much value in that in that idea. You know, it's, I don't think a recruit is ever going to choose a school because of another recruit necessarily but they can help keep the seat warm for the staff to kind of do their thing and make their pitch. So yeah, no, hard to understate. I mean, we talked about corner was probably the biggest need. They only signed McBurrows last year. I mean, even with, even right, even with the guys they have on the roster who have have had a really good year this year, you know, DJ Turner will be back for sure. Uh, Maybe Vincent Gray's back next year too. Uh, They only signed one guy there last cycle. They, they needed guys there either way. So he was a yeah. I mean, you, you did you like you were right, Sammy. He checked all the boxes as far as like, what do you look for in a must-get recruit? <laughs> I mean, he pretty much yeah. He he everything that you would look for in that in that situation, uh, he he checked off. So you know yeah, you can't can't understate. I think yeah, it's well deserved for us to take a, a segment to talk about him because he's been a part of the class so long. Not he's not one that's going to be forgotten about, but I don't think the impact and magnitude of him being part of the class has maybe been talked about enough as far as big picture stuff goes for Michigan. Yeah. I mean, to like you said, Bryce, you said guys came out to his ceremony, right? Yeah. Guys hey. see guys see him in the class and that helps lure other guys in the class. You think Keon said he talked to Keon Sav. He was recruiting the he hell did. out of Keon Sav. He did. He told me that, and you know, you know what the crazy part is too. Companies are going to start following. He signed, a endorsement deal he told us with a water brand after he was talking about it and stuff. And at the ceremony, it flyers like these, like you go to a restaurant, you see these little barcodes, mm-hmm. you scan those, goes to his Twitter and Instagram. So this man knows what he's doing. He's a guy that, but his dad said the same time he said, that's all grain all. But guess what? No one's going to care if you Quinn yours that he didn't say Quinn yours, but I'm right. just saying, if you Quinn Ewers or DJ Ugalula or whatever his name is, and have a have a Dr. Pepper commercial one time, and guess what? Now you're not even they're not filming anymore. He's in the transfer for Rico. You know what I mean? Like he knows you gotta do work. That's great and all you got these endorsements potentially coming up, but guess what? You gotta do something with it. So hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Hutchinson, man, he just I saw him with the Bows thing handing out, so but yeah, I think I think, I, I think Jim said player. that. I think Harbaugh said that your film is your best uh, is. promotion tool for NIL. Is. is how you play, like your film is still your best promotional tool, you know. And I, sure. I think there's a lot of truth to that statement for sure. Yeah, man. Uwe Ajale, is that how you say his name? I, how I, you I, say I, it? I, was, I, 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 let, I let Steve do. I don't names. know. I mean, yeah, Steve does the phonetic and. I, guess and you, I thought it was like ugulele. Almost okay. like ukulele. Okay, but, it may be. Or ugulele. 
here's what I know. It wasn't what Bryce just said. No, it wasn't at all. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Hey, that Steve. Bryce didn't get it right. Hey, Steve, what's the new quarterback's name? Oh, Orgi? Orgi. <laughs> Alex Orgi? Yeah, yeah, we okay. we, we got to see. We got to get. We, we got to find out. Sure. A, we got to find out if we're, if we're saying it right, but we're going to err on the side of caution. Yeah, and, sure. and, call, and call the man Orgi until we find out exactly how you pronounce his last name, right? So, so no, I mean, it, it is – this class, I think, is – I think it's the likely the start of it being like it used to be for Michigan recruiting where perennially they were a top five to ten recruiting every year. Now, we, we have experienced – you know, it's not like Harbaugh being in the top ten is an anomaly. He's had classes in the top ten, but we've seen the peaks and valleys, Steve. It'd be top ten class, and then it's like, you know, in the teens. Top ten class, and then it's in the teens. I think he peaked uh, in the t- – I think the, the Donovan Peoples-Jones class might have been a top five class, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, you just didn't – you you didn't see them or you haven't seen them live in that world consistently. And I think we are now because now you got the the on-field performance and you got the coaches. So you got some guys that really, really get after it. So we talk about Ron Bellamy. I think so we Sharon Moore is already established as you know one of the top recruiters in the country. I think Ron Bellamy is on his way. Steve Klinkscale, I've been talking about him as a recruiter since before he got since before he got here, right? You know. You know he's got well Jay Harbaugh. More people need to talk about Jay Harbaugh as a recruiter, right? So because he's a big time recruiter. And then if if you didn't know what George Hilo was as a recruiter, or you had questions about George Hilo as a recruiter, getting Raylan Wilson, getting that alone says, all right, that dude, he can recruit. Like if you go down to Florida. Tallahassee, Florida. You got Florida State right there. I know Florida State is losing prospects all over the place. I mean, they they just lost, you know, they're they're, they're oh. pro- they- <laughs> what a what a rough day for the for the Seminoles, man. Holy cow! You <laughs> lose you lose the number one player in the country to an alum, like an alum came and and knifed you. You think he's I- welcome back? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll hey, retire that jersey. Hey, hey, but good, good for the kid, right? Good for the kid. Yeah. But mm-hmm. my point, getting back to it, you, Raylan Wilson is right there. He's right there, and he bypasses Florida State, bypasses all the schools in the South, jumps over Georgia, jumps over Bama, jumps over Clemson, jumps over all those schools, and commits to Michigan. Man, you got to be doing some serious recruiting, Bryce, to get that one done. And George Hilo did that. So I, I say that as, I, as you're drawing out this recruiting staff. They got a bunch of young go-getters. I just stole Devin's name. I'm not taking your name, Devin Gardner. You got a bunch of young guys that that are tenacious on the recruiting trail, persistent on a recruiting trail. And that's often what it is. One of the things that Amarion Walker said to me is that even when – I didn't show interest, even when it when it was like disinterest. You know, that would be discouraging to a lot of coaches, and they kept – they just never stopped. They were like, oh, you don't want to talk to me today? I'll call you tomorrow kind of thing. And that's how you got to be in this day and age, Steve. 
Michigan beats Georgia for top 100 linebacker out of Tallahassee is not a sentence I think we thought we would be typing, uh, you know, anytime recently, right? Uh, I don't think with Florida State, I don't even think Florida State was in his top five when he released a top five, right? None of the Florida Um, schools were. Yeah, I mean, but to me, Ron Bellamy, MVP, Maybe for Michigan this cycle. And he signed the most guys in the class. Right. And and got them their first kid out of Louisiana since since Drew Dilio and Carvin Johnson, I think were the same cycle. Um involved in Zeke with Zeke Barry, Keon Sab. You know, like we said, Michigan really needed to rebuild this defensive this defensive back class. Um this cycle and and he really is kind of spearheaded you know, the, the product of that. So to me, I, I would, I would say Ron MVP here. Uh, Jay Harbaugh also way up there again. You know, I think Colson Loveland, I think we agreed one of the top upsides of anybody in the class, if not the top upside, really. Um, he was also involved with Zeke Berry to an extent, you know, and, and then obviously uh, Marlon Klein too, but, but yeah, no, it's, it does feel different. I mean, this is this is new territory for me. They've never beaten Ohio State since I've been doing this. This is like it was, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, them be able to go out wearing Big Ten championship gear on the road and stuff. You know, it's like these are like I've always said with Michigan, they've had they've always had everything else in place to become a year in and year out recruiting power. The academics are there, the alumni base is there. They're putting kids in the pros. I mean, they put they're what third or fourth in the last since Harbaugh's been since Harbaugh's been there in, in NFL draft picks. The only thing they couldn't hadn't done is win the conference, beat Ohio State. They've done that now. Now we could start to see maybe Michigan flex their muscle a little bit more. And like I said, with the, with the twenty two cycle, they only had a few weeks. I think twenty three is a class that uh, fans should be super super excited for because they're in on a lot of guys. And I think that this might be a cycle. They're going to start getting some of those guys because of the success they've had on the field. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure, look, Sharon to say, hey, don't forget about me because I'm still recruiting Josh Connerly. I mean, this, this recruiting cycle isn't over. The early signing period is going to come to an end. But uh, you got Josh Connerly who's going to make his decision uh, at the, in February. And, you know, we talked last week about how getting Andrew Gentry kind of relieved some of the pressure, but that doesn't mean that Michigan is going to let up recruiting Josh Connerly. He is a major, major target, still very, very high on Michigan, uh, and has a great relationship with Sharon Moore. And not only that, Sharon Moore also still heavily courting the uh, the, the Virginia center, Victor Oluwatimi. Uh, you know, the Remington Award finalists. I mean, if if you come out, let's say that we do the show, we do the signing day show in February, and Sharon Moore signs Josh Connerly and Victor Oluwatimi, we might have to revisit the MVP conversation, right? We might have to go back around and say, all right, all right, Roan, you, you, you might have pulled it off again. But that's, but that's what you want. You want so many... You want a number of guys on your staff where you could look at him and say, that dude could be the MVP recruiting. And they finally have that. I mean, it just felt like for so long, you could look at the staff, <clears throat> excuse me, and you could see, oh, well, you're going to have to 
compensate for that guy on the recruiting trail. And you're going to have to compensate for that guy on the recruiting trail. You know he's not going to be – you're going to have to assist him in, in, you know, if he's the primary on a guy, you're definitely going to need some support uh, to to help Luda. And you just don't see that with this. This is a staff of of really strong recruiters, and if they have something to back it up on the field, uh, it's why I think you're going to see them consistently – as I said, living in this in this top 10 recruiting world, guys. So we have gone long, right? We got to leave something, some meat on the bone for the next episode. We do these weekly. The Michigan Recruiting Insider, you can find them wherever you get your podcast: Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. And remember, the 50% off deal on the MichiganInsider.com is still going on, but it is over at midnight. It is an outstanding deal. Get you all the inside scoop, everything that we talk about on the podcast here on a daily basis, and then some, and then some. If you don't want to commit for a year, you can get in for a dollar for your first month. That's over on the MichiganInsider.com, but the deal ends at midnight, so be sure to go take advantage. So I'm going to get something to eat. And maybe I might actually sleep, guys. I I slept an hour. No, I slept an hour this afternoon. I didn't go to bed last night (laughs) because I had to make it down here to Louisiana, get those stories ready to go for the morning, get over to Ponchachula uh, and and do that. That press conference for Marion Walker will be bringing that video to you. I know, Bryce, you went to see Will. So we got a lot more to come on the Michigan Insider, folks. This is just this is just what we do. Uh, you, you see it all on signing day, but we get it in every day. So if you are with us, be sure to join us over on the MichiganInsider.com. Fellas, another one in the books, right? It's it's fun. It's fun when there are like fireworks, like good fireworks on signing day, right? Yeah. Like I said, this is new territory. Not used not used to, uh, you know, was it 16? I think was the last one that was really this exciting of a close. So with Rashawn Gary and LaVert Hill and those guys. So, yeah, good day. Hey, Rodney, uptime, man. I drink some <laughs> I drink something called uptime, man. Uptime. It is a high power energy drink that keeps you going through. Now I shouldn't, I guess I should, should say you should sleep. Like you should sleep. That's the that's what the doctor would tell you. That's what my doctor tells me to do. But I don't get a lot of sleep. So I need a little pick-me-up. Uptime does it for me. So just throwing that out there. But that'll do it for this episode, folks. Be sure to join us next time on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.